Welcome to the Peachy Books Podcast. I'm Roy Peachy, and today I'm going to be talking about Chapter 8 of Animal Farm, The Battle of the Windmill. Now, there are some similarities, clearly, with the Battle of the Cowshed that we've already looked at, but there are some big differences as well. The narrator tells us this. This time they, the animals, did not have the easy victory that they had had in the Battle of the Cowshed. Why not? Because the men were prepared this time. They had a strategy. They weren't complacent as they had been when the animals first took over the farm. There's another big difference this time round, and that's that we hear about Napoleon and Boxer. Whereas in the Battle of the Cowshed, we heard about Snowball and Boxer. Napoleon was conspicuous by his absence. And then there's a really important part, right near the beginning of the battle. The animals have been driven back, the men are in control, they've taken over a huge area of the farm, and they start to work on packing the windmill with explosives. This is what it says. The whole of the big pasture, including the windmill, was in the hands of the enemy. Then there was a deafening roar. Pigeons swirled into the air and all the animals, except Napoleon, flung themselves flat on their bellies and hid their faces. So Napoleon is the only one who stands up to the rest of the attackers. He's the only one who stands up when the windmill is blown to pieces. But it's important to realise here that that's a change. It's a change from the original version of Animal Farm. In the original version, it read this. The pigeons swirled into the air and all the animals, including Napoleon, flung themselves flat on their bellies and hid their faces. And it's a significant change. It's basically the only change that Orwell made after the first publication of the book. And the reason he made the change is because he'd met a survivor of the Soviet concentration camps. Someone who really hated Stalin. And yet, he told Orwell that it was the character of Stalin, the greatness of Stalin, that saved Russia from the German invasion. And this is what the Battle of the Windmill represents. It represents the invasion of the Soviet Union by the Nazis and the attack on Moscow. But, according to this particular person that Orwell spoke to, it was Stalin who saved Russia at that moment. And so... Orwell, being a very honest writer, included this in his story. He changed the story to say Napoleon stayed standing when this attack took place. Even though the whole book is written against Stalin, Orwell has got the decency, the honesty, to admit that even Napoleon got things right sometimes. He stood up against the Nazi invasion, against the invasion of the men. He was the one who saved Russia, who saved Animal Farm. But there's still a problem. The windmill had ceased to exist, we read. And what had happened was when the Nazis invaded the Soviet Union, they flattened huge areas. They destroyed the industry. And so did the Soviets themselves. As they retreated from the Nazis, they burnt, they destroyed to stop the Nazis getting their hands on it. So all of the work of the 1930s, the forced labour, the building up of the Soviet industrial base was destroyed during World War II. But what happens next? What happens after the windmill, after the industrial complex has been destroyed? The narrator tells us this. The animals charged forth in a body. They charged forth in a body. In other words, they united. For almost the first time, they came together. And that is why they won the Battle of the Windmill. It's a really significant moment. The pigs have been dividing the animals, but the men through invading the farm, draw them all together. 
And they win. They win the battle. But of course, there are lots of losses on the way. A cow, three sheep and two geese were killed and nearly everyone was wounded. Even Napoleon, who was directing operations from the rear, had the tip of his tail chipped by a pellet. So although Napoleon is standing when the windmill is blown up, Orwell still has a dig at him. He's directing operations from the back. His only injury is a slight chip to his tail. It seems pretty insignificant when lots of other people have been killed. And there's another change from the Battle of the Cowshed. In that battle, you remember, Boxer was really remorseful at having killed a stable lad, as he thought. But this time, Boxer is really terrifying. Three of them, three of the men, we read, had had their heads broken by blows from Boxer's hooves. Another was gored in the belly by a cow's horn. Another had his trousers nearly torn off by Jesse and Bluebell. So even here, after the horrors of the battle, Orwell manages to return to some humour in this triad. We get the blows from Boxer's hooves, breaking the heads of three men. We get the person being gored in the belly, and then someone with their trousers nearly torn off. So what sort of victory is this? They had won, the narrator tells us, but they were weary and bleeding. It is a Pyrrhic victory. It's a victory where they've lost almost as much as they've gained. What have they gained? They've gained what they had already. That's what Boxer points out. And straight after the battle, Orwell, through the narrator, lays into the pigs again. As they approach the farm, we read, Squealer, comma, who had unaccountably been absent during the fighting, comma, came skipping towards them, whisking his tail and beaming with satisfaction. These subordinate clauses are so important. Okay, so we've had one already, except Napoleon, changed from including Napoleon, and then here we've got this really significant one, Squealer, who had unaccountably been absent during the fighting. Now we know why he'd been absent from the fighting. He's a coward, he's backed out, he's let the other animals do his dirty work for him. But the narrator doesn't tell us that directly. And then we read a sort of reflection from Boxer through the narrator. For the first time, it occurred to him that he was 11 years old and that perhaps his great muscles were not quite what they had once been. So we get the first hint of what's going to happen at the end of the novella, the death of Boxer, a terribly poignant ending. And here we get the first sign that Boxer is not the horse he was before. And that little word perhaps is really important. Perhaps his great muscles were not quite what they had once been. Nonetheless, the pigs, through Squealer, and Napoleon inaugurate two days of celebrations. They're celebrating this great victory. They turn it into a propaganda coup. And then we get the humour, the very dark humour. It was announced that the battle would be called the Battle of the Windmill and that Napoleon had created a new decoration, the Order of the Green Banner. And then a final subordinate clause, which he had conferred upon himself. Which he had conferred upon himself. The battle becomes all about Napoleon. And although there's some truth in that, there's also quite a lot of lying going on as well. He'd directed operations from the rear. He'd had his tail chipped. Other animals had been killed outright. So there we are. We've got the Battle of the Windmill following the Battle of the Cowshed. Some similarities between the two battles, but some really big differences as well. The men triumph at first. The animals really have to fight back as a body in order to win. Napoleon 
is mentioned quite a lot in the way that he wasn't before. It was Snowball's battle, the Battle of the Cowshed. But afterwards, we've got this real sense of despondency, this sense that we're at the beginning of the end, for Boxer at least. I think that's enough for now. Thank you for listening. I'm Roy Peachy. That was the Peachy Books Podcast. See you next time. Mm-hmm.